Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, Fightful Faithful. Welcome to another episode of the Fightful NXT Post Show. I am your host, Alex Pulowski. Uh, it's no longer Sour Graps, people. I can't, it can't be. I'm the guy who hosts Sour Graps. It's in name only. It is the uh, a Sour, sour Graps show. But uh, it kind of can't be anymore. Uh, NXT uh, uh, is, uh, as we say, it's back, baby. Um, <laughs> this is great. Aren't we so happy that NXT is back, babies? All of you, my lovely sweet babies. Um, uh, Rafael Garcia says, uh, "Someone, please hose me off after that main event." Uh, we all need to be hosed, all of us. Uh, their new guru says NXT is back and Kushida is the best. The Cruiserweight title women's tag back-to-back main eventing shows is great stuff. Makes it all more important. Yes, it does. Equally important. Send me your super chats. Uh, I will read them on the air, uh, such as this, and it might lead to a nice segue. I like that one. Um, yeah, I'll be ta- I'll be reading your super chats all night long. Get those in, please, if you would. Drop a like, as they say, as the kids say, smash that like button, uh, because it does help. Uh, helps with the old algorithms. I don't know. YouTube's a weird, mystical place with all their algorithms and logarithms and rhythm rhythms and rhythm is a dancer. Rhythm Nation. All those things. And it helps. It truly does. Um Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, um, how to s- s- describe what we've, what we've seen here. Uh, NXT is, it's, it's, it's on an incredible, uh, upward course. I'm not saying it's perfect, but there's a lot of things that are, that are, that are looking at. Um, Wallace Qualls, you're going to have to explain this to me. Crossvid, Austin, time's up. Planned or irony? I'm not 
sure what that is in reference to. So hit me up and just send me a regular chat, and I'll I'll try and figure out. Um, <clears throat> to be acknowledged, his uh, five IWGP GHW uh, championships. Oh, really? Well, that's that's big. Um, that's very big. Um. <clears throat> uh, yes. Um. This is. Um. We're gonna we're gonna blow right through this thing because it's it's all it's all good. I mean, in theory. Um. As many of you who are uh, 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 um, uh, are faithful watchers, faithful faithful watchers of this particular podcast, um, you know that um, I am not the greatest fan of the NXT champion. Don't think I don't not that I don't. Well, there, there are things. As as is the case with too many people in in the employ of WWE, there are things outside of the ring that make me not the biggest fan of them. Um. Uh, oh, I get it. Yes. Uh. Uh. Oh, uh, sorry. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. Um. Time's up. Because Austin Theory was kind of me tooed. No, he says TikTok and time's up to everybody. So, I mean, he's going to say time's up to whoever the hell he fights. He's going to say that to Finn Balor, who could not be, apparently, a nicer fellow. Um, but Karrion Cross is... Um, it's so hard for me to wrap my brain around what they're trying to do with this guy. Like, he showed up and he was like... Um, the... like the bouncer at a biker bar. Like that was his aesthetic when he showed up. Uh, but now like his dark sorceress wife has transformed him into a, a Vegas lounge magician last week. And he's back to wearing the gladiator trunks. He looks like the, like <laughs> he looks like there's a, there, he's, he's entering into a blood feud with one half of the Viking Raiders, like gladiators versus Vikings who like, don't they have those, those old, th- those shows was it on spike TV or whatever. Like would a samurai beat a ninja or would a Viking destroy a conquistador? Remember those? Did they have those? Was that all in my brain? Um, uh, it's, it just feel like he's, he's part of that. Um, and it doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. Um, and I, I think that he's he's not bad in the ring. I just don't think he's this, uh, which is, you know, just for the second time, rocketed straight into the top of the division. It's just so, uh, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't sit right with me. The, you know my feelings about the, the entrance and all this kind of stuff. It's just, I don't know what it is. Listen, guys, I'm a straight shooter. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. Now, your mileage may vary. You, you, you might like the guy. And if you do, more power to you. It's just not my uh, cup of tea. Um, Next week, he's coming out on a toga, says Vlob. Uh, you know, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Um. But he has his match with uh, Austin Theory. Uh, it, it's it is funny, but Austin and and Johnny pulled a face, like they were pretending to be scared, 
of like they're two cartoon characters. They're Shaggy and Scoob. That basically that's that's who Johnny Gargano are. Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. They're they're Shaggy and Scooby. They're they're those kinds of characters. And uh, when they they pull the face like when after the the big entrance, the big spooky entrance uh, of Karrion Cross, uh, it was like they were. <laughs> oh gee, oh Scoob, oh no, here he comes. Um, which is, you know, uh not the best way to be <laughs> to to put over your 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 super spooky, deadly serious champion is to have these guys kind of like uh poke fun at it. But you know, um Cross is too raw for me, Pong. He uh, uh, Cross, he is he's too raw. I think I think he's I think he's got a great future uh, if Vince gets a hold of him. Like uh, he just he just doesn't belong in this particular NXT that they're creating. Uh, it just doesn't fit. There's the, the it's like it's like a the proverbial square peg in a round hole. Wallace Wallace says uh, feels like they don't know who Cross nor Scarlet really are as characters. At least not defined to me for him to be pushed so distinctly. I think that's a pretty good description of it. Um, now he he did his they did ha, they had a whole like promo thing they ran on Raw last night trying to get people to tune in to watch the champion beat the hell out of Austin Theory, which is good. It's good a reason as any. Personally, I would have been like, hey, two championship matches. One is a two out of three falls match. Maybe you tune in for that as opposed to watch you know this guy get creamed and here's the deal austin theory got in a a good amount of offense looked good in defeat um uh he got in more offense against um against cross than keith lee did when keith lee lost the championship to him i'm going to keep bringing that up people because it remains to this day one of the weirdest most weirdly booked matches like the booking itself. Like I understand Keith Lee's got to drop the title to go up to the main roster. It doesn't make sense to me that you're like, Hey, he's the first ever double North American and uh, NXT champion. Let's have him relinquish the North American championship because he doesn't really want that. And then he'll defend the NXT championship against this guy and, and, and get treated like an absolute, like he was, like he was a toddler wrestling a grown up. Like he got in zero offense, and it's still to this day always feels weird. Oscar, greetings from Peru. Well, greetings to Peru from Wisconsin. Um, Austin Derry got in a, a good amount of offense, looked good. Um, Cross uh, sold like crazy um, for a bunch of stuff, but then he didn't. Then he was like, nope, no more selling for you, sir. I will kick out at one, and then I will um, I will just hulk up, uh, hit you with a few Saito suplexes, um, and then the dumb forearm to the back of the head thing that I don't love. Um, and, uh, and then... After that, he kind of like stares down Johnny, um, and uh, and then he then he does the <laughs> his the straight jacket that he does. It just makes it look like he's just really aggressively spooning. Like I'm gonna be the big spoon, 
you you got to be the little spoon. Just feels a little bit oh, just overly aggressive. There's a wonderful photo that they that they threw out there on social media of him just spooning the crap out of Austin Theory. Oh, jeez, he's spooning him so hard. Um, to which Johnny Gargano was like, "That's my job. I spoon that precious boy." Uh, this is all fine. This is all fine. Um, Wallace Koala says, uh, main roster Scarlet equals a uh, white, white snake video on car hood. No, sorry. That's Eva Marie's gimmick. Can't have that. Um, <clears throat> Norm Summers says, I have no faith in NXT call-ups. Cross will have a endless feud with a combination of Ms. Corbin and Ziggler. I don't know, man. I don't know. He's, he's, um, I mean, it's certainly possible. Uh, but I, I, I do feel like he's just, especially when he's got the, the husband wife gimmick thing together. I feel like Vince is going to want to use that for something. I, I don't know. I think, I think he'll scare the crap out of a guy like Miz, like beat the hell out of him for a while. Maybe they'll get like a, a mixed tag with Miz and Maurice. If Maurice ever wants to get in the wrestle, get again, get in the wrestle in the ring again. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird deal. Um, so, uh, Bronson Reed versus Gargano is confirmed during this match for the title next week. More to come on that. Um, <clears throat> people are footage of people arriving. It's a big thing, arriving. Um, a lot of arrivals. And Leon Ruff just storms into general manager William Regal's office. Now, credit to Denise Salcedo. She's the first... Fightful's own. Fightful's own and apparently everybody else's own because she works for everybody. Uh, she's got lots of jobs. But credit to her, she's the first one who, who I saw bring this up on Twitter and it's a good point. Regal needs a better office. Like, it's small. He's the general manager. He's the... He's, it's it. he's, he's got an office in a broom closet. There's it's there's no windows. Like, it's it's all black in there. It's weird. Get H, get the man a corner office with a window, dude. He's your general manager. Like at least put his fake office in a bigger room so it doesn't look like he's sitting there in the janitor's closet. But Leon Roth comes in and he's very angry. Uh, he he wants to compete, but. Rugal's like, no, because he, he took such a beating in the False Count Anywhere match. Now, he did take a beating. Um, but, like, he was about to win, and then he, he jumped onto the wrong treasure hunter. If he, had, if he had jumped onto Nicolas Cage, he would have been fine, but he jumped onto A.J. Francis instead, and that, then, he, then that was what happened. But he was all set to win that match. I, I, would, I would like this reasoning from regal if we didn't see leon ruff almost win that match before he lost it but he just flips out and and uh and knocks some stuff off the desk and uh regal's like leon ruff i don't know i don't care that you are cleared i i will not allow you to wrestle tonight and that's fine now get out of my office um and leon ruff's not very happy about that um MSK versus Brizongo is our first, uh, is our next match of the night. Um, 
I was about to say first match because my brain's blocked out everything that Karrion Cross has to do with anything. I'm sorry. Uh, but MSK versus Brizongo was fun. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cool, like, sp- spotty thing with a lot of fun stuff to do. Um, they love, love to have fun, uh, including a bizarre moment. Which is just you know it's it's nothing wrong with it it's this is this is the kind of match you do this kind of stuff um but uh, uh, the whole spot where the brizongo and and m s k are going back and forth doing drop downs and jump overs as they're running the ropes uh and then the ref like drops down and then does a leapfrog. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just jumping around afterwards like he got all hyped. Um and I'm listen, I have been on the side of giving refs more personality. My thing has always been like, hey, can we have the ref um like one ref will always um you know disqualify you at the first if you go if you go past his five count for a like Split second, he'll disqualify you. Uh, also, don't even try to get involved if you're at ringside because you're getting thrown to the back. But another ref might be kind of lenient, let that stuff slide. I did not necessarily say that I want the ref to be like the guy who like gets involved in matches. So maybe not that personality type, but oh, okay. Let's get some personalities for the referees. Uh, although, there is one referee... whose personality I do not need to see cranked up to 11, as they say, um, and and then put that on TV, because, yikes. But I won't talk about that anymore. Um, MSK uh, get the win. I don't think that was ever in doubt. But as I said, excuse me at the time, um, Popcorn Colonel, as I said, you don't need to know that. That's kind of disgusting. But I said it anyway. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> I'm honest with you guys. I'm never not going to be honest. Popcorn Colonel. For those of you who are <laughs> only listening to the podcast, you'll never know what that was about. Which is why you should always tune in live and watch the YouTube video. Um... You forgot what I was going to say. Um, I, I think that um, Brizongo, having been former champs, it means more when you beat them. This is this is what it's always going to be for Imperium and Brizongo and uh, Oni and Danny when Danny gets back from his uh, shoulder injury. Um, it's always going to mean more when you beat them because they are now former champs. That's a big thing in NXT because there's uh, you can have. So many people where it's like, well, these people lose all the time. And Brizongo does lose a lot. But at one point, they were the champs. So that means more now that MX, MSK has beaten them. Um, I will say, I, I, I do not understand the psychology of the guy who does the, the, the backflip. Like, next to the guy who's laying there. And then his tag team partner shoves him mid-backflip three feet to the right so he can land on the guy why not just do the move onto the guy like 
it's 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 fun to watch. Nobody's saying it's not. I'm just saying psychologically, what is the benefit there? Like, what is the benefit to a lot of stuff? I understand, but I mean, more rotations to certain things. I understand could like the velocity hurt more if you if you do a a 450 splash as opposed to regular splash. I can be convinced that it would hurt more. This just seemed silly and unnecessary, um, but okay. Uh, MSK is a lot of fun. Somebody was talking about, and I didn't see this. I got to go back and watch it. Remember a few weeks ago where MSK came out and the crowd booed, like booed, like we don't we don't like MSK. Screw MSK. Well, like I don't I don't know what that was about. I don't know if we ever found out what that was about, but apparently they never stopped. Like the Capital Wrestling Center hates MSK for some reason, so they've been sweetening the crowd noise. Um, why is the CWC crowd like determined to shit all over our boys MSK? Uh, I I don't know. Um, well that that's that's going to be a problem uh, if we can't get these kind of guys over. Um, so um, I I did appreciate um that they shook hands with Brizongo. After the match, that's good. That's a nice gesture. Baby faces having matches against each other. That's good. It's good. I, I appreciate the respect. That's a good thing. I always will always pop for that kind of thing. Uh, MSK gets to like uh, call out Legato de Fantasma. This is the deal that they have now with a lot of stuff. There are so many people who seem to be at equal points on the at equal places on the card that. Um, we'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, Carrying Cross is um, is feuding with everybody, right? Especially one guy who I forgot to mention. What I'll talk about in literally a second. Um, but so is MSK. Like they got they got Tommy and Timmy, and they got um, uh, GYV, and they got Legado de Fantasma, and they all want. A shot of the titles, but they're just calling out Legato in this in this in this uh, promo. So we'll see where that goes. But it does feel like there's a lot of people on on equal footing, um, and and we're not really sure where that heads uh, from here. Uh, I'm assuming a match with Legato, but why them and not Tommy and Timmy? In storyline, I mean. Now, something I forgot about for some reason, I don't know. After the carrying cross match, he's standing there. And um Finn Balor teleports into the ring. Like Cross is standing there and the ca- camera's right on him. And then he kind of looks over his shoulder and the camera pans six inches. And there's Finn. Like he was he's just there. And he's like, uh, I don't um I I I don't uh I don't wait in line, says Finn. Now he doesn't have a microphone. If he had a microphone. And say, oh, I don't wait in line. But he says, uh, I don't wait in line. Uh, so I want my shot. I want my rematch. And uh, Cross is like, I want it too. And then and then Finn Balor's like, done. Um, and then later, they they say, in two weeks, it'll be Cross versus Balor. In two weeks. Um, 
and I, uh, I don't know. Um, you might have seen Fightful Wrestle, uh, the Fightful Select, excuse me, which by the way, subscribe, Fightful Select. You should subscribe. It's pretty great. Uh, you get not only my show uh, twice a week, Sour Graps, where I talk about uh, Raw and SmackDown, but also you get amazing uh, scoops. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp slinging scoops like he works at the Cold Stone. I'm going to keep using that because I got nothing else. Um, but he 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 scooped that uh, there's going to be an in your house uh, pay per view and a takeover, takeover in your house again, uh, J- June thirteenth, and then some barstool podcast had Johnny Gargano on it and he broke the news. Uh, you could say confirmed. You could say confirmed. You could say officially confirmed. Whatever you want to say, but we all know Fightful Select broke the news. So. June 13th, hosted by Todd Pettengill. Good for to have old Todd back, the Toddster. Um, but two weeks from now is the 25th of May. Why are you having a Balor versus Cross one-on-one match on TV on May 25th? If the takeover's on June 13th, wouldn't you just push that back to the takeover? You would, unless... There's going to be a big old fucking schmoz that's going to result in like a, I don't know, six-way match or something like that. Gargano, Dunn, O'Reilly, probably Cole, and Balor. Versus, and, and, and Cross, of course, the champion. Like a six, like a ladder match? Like, an, like a ladder match. That's what we're going to get a fucking six-way ladder match. Because... I'm assuming we're also going to get sometime in mid-June the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So we're going to get a big Money in the Bank, two big Money in the Bank ladder matches, one for men, one for the women, on uh, on the Money in the Bank uh, papes. Uh, we're also going to have uh, probably a ladder match in Takeover. That's my that's my prediction. Not breaking any news here. I will never be breaking any news here. This is all reckless speculation. But I'm yeah, they're definitely not going to a full finish on that May 25th Balor versus Cross match. 100% they're not. Um it just it's, it doesn't make any sense to do it then. Um they might like have a DQ or whatever and then do the rematch again at at the takeover which please don't do that. Please don't do that. That's definitely main roster stuff. We don't need any of that. Um, if you, if I, I will allow the schmozzy finish if it builds to a giant ladder match with all those great guys in it. Sure. Uh, Hannah uh, says uh, Sean Bennett had to work tonight too, so uh, Leatherface could go cry at another meeting. For those of you who know what that means, Hannah's right. For those of you who don't know what that means. I'm not sure what I am at liberty to discuss on this podcast. <laughs> because I'm sure there's ways of skirting the issue and being, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, pragmatic, magnanimous about, as Hannah calls him, old letterface. And somebody else might be able to do that, but I can't. So I'm not allowed to talk about the subject at all because I wouldn't be able to stop myself. Um, 
Yes, uh, they like to have fun, says Norm Summers. Um, yes. They like to have fun. MSK. Because because if, if you do a backflip onto nothing until your partner shoves you three feet to the right, how is that not fun? Like, how is Nash, not, Nash Carter not going, wee every time he does that? It would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. Um... So, uh, uh, Valab, yes. So, um, <laughs> get get in the chat, people, because then I'll, I'll might I might respond to you with crazy things like this. Um, Johnny Gargano is storming into Regal's office, and he says, "I I am angry. I am angry. I don't want to face Bron- Bronson Reed next week. You 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 threw all theory to the wolves. This is my like." Uh, and uh, <laughs> William Regal says, that's a very lovely headband you're wearing, Jonathan. Like, thank you. But still, you're going to have to face Bronson Reed next week. Um, and uh, then he was about to grab um, Regal's uh, knuckles. By the way, I really, really wanted Candace's brass knuckles she used last week to be Regal's knucks, but they're not. They should have been. Anyway, he, he grabs for them. Johnny Gargano says, don't even think about it, says uh, uh, Regal. So then he grabs Regal's pencil and snaps it in half over his knee like Bo Jackson in a baseball bat. Um, <laughs> uh, and so later in the night, we I'm just going to bring this out now. Later in the night, we see... Uh, the aftermath of an attack on Bronson Reed in the uh, in the locker room. I think it's uh, Gargano and and Theory that run out of there, or somebody. I don't know who runs out of there. I I was looking away from the thing and I saw Bronson Reed going like, rah, rah, rah. "Well, hold on, hold on, it's fine." Rah, rah. And then later you see Bronson Reed uh, storming around backstage, yelling into a camera about how he talked to uh, General Manager Regal. And next week. On NXT, Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship in the confines of a steel cage. And immediately my my brain said, oh no, Bronson Reed's going to try a tsunami from the top rope and either absolutely liquefy all of Johnny Gargano's major organs or he's going to hit no water in the pool and go straight through the mat to the floor. Uh, that honestly, that's how I, I would book the end of the match. I think that that Bronson Reed should try to jump off the top, and they should gimmick the mat the the, the mat so that he falls through it, like like uh, Bam Bam and Taz that one time. Um, like he just falls straight through the mat to the floor, and they call the match because that's how it ends. Because Johnny Gargano is able to roll out of the way at the last second. That'd be a lot of fun because you definitely can't do the tsunami on 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 to on Johnny because it would kill him. Um, but I think you could probably gimmick the mat in a way where you put some like pads down underneath it that it wouldn't kill Bronson if he fell through the mat. I think. I hope not. If anything else, they're definitely going to tease that. Like everyone's saying the same thing: tsunami from the top, from the top of the t- uh, steel cage. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Pete Dunn standing in the ring. 
Um, he says, uh, I'm Pete Dunn, and I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I don't care. I'm Pete Dunn. I'm the baddest man in NXT. And of course you chose Finn Balor because you could beat him, but you can't beat me because I'm Pete Dunn and I'll break your fingers. Um, and uh, and so he's offering an open challenge. He's pissed off that Cross chose... Um, Annika, I don't want Bronson to get murdered. I, 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 I want him to... I want him to to, to get badly injured <laughs> for my amusement. I'm saying you got to gimmick the mat so he falls through it, right? Onto a nice, big, fluffy Chris Jericho pillow. You know? That's what I'm saying. Um, But he he has a, 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 Pete, a Pete Dunn has an open challenge. It's weird to have an open challenge. We don't have a title. I'm just gonna say that. Like, I want to fight anybody. I, I I feel like that's fine. It's not really a challenge, for for what? But um, uh, Ricardo's uh, Colt says maybe they should a- ask uh, AEW about bumps from cages, and then whatever AEW says, do the opposite. Yes, agreed. Um, but uh, Leon Ruff out of nowhere comes out to to to, to start a brawl with Pete Dunn. Um. And uh, and so they have a match. Leon Ruff, apparently he's cleared to wrestle. But William Regal wouldn't give him a match, so Leon Ruff gets his own match. And he's a great baby face, guys. He's so good at this. He really, really is. Um, Touch of Madness says, uh, you know, you can see him be the top Boston Ron Agreed. 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 Um, uh, I think it'd be a, a very. I've always said we we need like a like a like a shooters club, just guys who just like Duff just just to just to really try and hurt you. And Pete Dunn is the t- definitely top guy in that. Leon Ruff though is a great uh, baby face. Um, he's so good at getting 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 his stuff. Um getting his stuff in, in ways that like, like he did this amazing, like escape in the corner where he like just jumped off of all the ropes and then like slid underneath Dunn's legs. Um, and then he didn't because Dunn eventually got a hold of him and you're like, Oh man, you were this close to getting away from Pete Dunn. And then Pete Dunn said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try and break all your ligaments. Um, this was a fairly quick match. Uh, Leon Ruff looks great in defeat. Uh, and he puts over Dunn as being an absolute killer. Um, and Leon Ruff is, is one of those guys that you could all of a sudden, uh, anytime you really, really wanted it, really wanted it, you could, you could send, uh, Leon Ruff on like a four month odyssey, just trying to, to, to get any, any kind of leverage and, and, and move up the card. And he comes across all these gatekeepers and he eventually has to beat them and, Eventually, he's got his his world title shot, you know? Um, I don't know if you put him over in that world title shot, but there's a really great underdog thing that Le- Leon Ruff has. That I He's small and slight and brilliant in the ring, I think, and there's a lot of really cool stuff you could do with him uh, where he's not just a pity case because he's really good, but he's really small, and you feel like somebody who's the right size could literally snap him in half like a twig. 
And so uh, you you feel for him because he's he's eminently rootable. Um, but um, he does a slingshot torpedo, leaps off the top, but uh, Dunn catches him with a forearm. I mean, kinda. He didn't uh, miss as much as um, he didn't miss as much as uh, as Omos missed on Riddle last night, or yeah, last night. But he did miss. I don't know whose fault that was this time. But Dunn didn't necessarily catch rough flush with that forearm. But it doesn't matter because he actually gets him to uh, um, just locks him in a submission and then just hits him with elbow strikes until um, the ref has to call the whole match. Like, no, don't murder him. Don't murder him. Um, Dunn gets to stand tall. Fans get to blue him. Boo him, not blue him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's this is it's then he jumps back on rough and snaps his fingers, doesn't snap his fingers, he snaps his fingers, he breaks his fingers, and rough sells it great, like he's re- really sells it like he's in pain. Um, uh Escobar, along with his buddies, backstage doing a little uh, promo, the cruiserweight title. Um, it's it's your it's your standard run of the mill. Later tonight, I will win the match that I have. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, uh, I <clears throat> I'm I'm a big fan of Escobar, and I like his two buddies. I think I think he's I think he's really great. Uh, we'll talk more about him in a bit, obviously. So, um, there's a little vignette for Frankie Monet. Um, and it's, she's two, two weeks. She's got her in-ring debut. There were a lot of people not on the show tonight. And I think a lot of that is like we got a big title, a big women's championship match and a two out of three falls match. That's like the last half hour of the show. But there were a lot of people not on the show this week, like major players in the mid card and upper cards as well. Um, we like you just had Candace and Indy win the tag team titles. They're not on the show. Like they were part of a really fun little vignette where like the the way is like artistically drawn as like superheroes like a comic book um so they were that uh they have like you know they finally won the titles and now they are the way and they you know it's cute but i would have probably had them on the show i don't know if they're cleared or whatever they're the wrestle i just feel like you know they they're good they, they should be on the show they, they just won the titles capitalize on that the following week i think also not on the show at least physically Frankie Monet did not appear. Ember and Shotzi did not appear. Um, L.A. Knight did not appear. Dexter Loomis did not appear. These are people who are um, fairly, who loom fairly large in NXT. I'm not saying everybody has to be on the show. I'm just saying I, I understand they are telling stories incrementally. And you can't miss too many weeks in a row. 
the way that you're telling these stories. Otherwise, we lose track of people. One week, fine. Two weeks, you're pushing it. Three weeks, no. You got you got to get people back on 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 TV. If they're at that level, you got to get them on TV. So at least we're seeing them. If that was is that, what, is that if that's what you're doing with them, pushing them toward a storyline of some kind. Just saying. Mercedes Martinez versus Raquel Gonzalez kicked all kinds of ass, as you would expect. My biggest problem with this match was that too much of it happened uh, in picture in picture in the very beginning. Uh, I know it's just the way it works, but I feel like there's some stuff you could cut out to make sure that most of this match happens without commercial break. It's, I I get it. I do. It was it was tough because the, the, the match started out really hot. The actions built to the outside, and they were like, all right, now we're going to commercial. I'm like, ah, uh, really? Um but uh I yeah, I these two women are so great. They're great together too. Like it's 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 uh, somebody that like Martinez has somebody that she can be extra stiff with and not worry about hurting because Raquel is bigger than her. And Raquel is somebody she can throw around and make it look really impressive. Like it's impressive when she gets Io Shirai up and drops her down to the mat with her gigantic power bomb. But, um, but when it's Mercedes Martinez, it's extra impressive because that's a big lady. Um, I mean, she's she's very impressive and very strong. And um, she's tall. She's really tall. It just it, it's 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 a it's a very good matchup. I like I like it a lot. Um, yeah, there was some really good stuff uh, in this. Really stiff. And Gonzalez got a chance to sell for some some heavy hitting offense. And Martinez like had me convinced a couple of times. Like, ooh, that's that hurt. Like her her uh, fisherman bomb a buster was really good. Um, there was a a power bomb, like it was a you know power. It was like the old alley oop from the video games, where you put pick somebody up in a power bomb and then throw them behind you. And it's the first time that's ever made it made sense to me because she dropped her on the top rope as opposed to um, just into a face bump, which never really looks as as vicious as a back bump to me. Um, uh, yeah, their fight was uh, it was gritty, sloppy. Uh, and it humped, says Ricardo Holt. Agreed. It was sloppy. Fights can be sloppy, as Sean Ross Sapp says. Not everything has to be perfect. There were a couple of missed uh, missed spots, um, but they recovered really nicely from them. And like, there was a really great um, couple of really big stiff knees, um, and there was a, a missed kick by Gonzalez. Uh, who runs past, uh, no, miss kick by Martinez, who runs past Gonzalez, who turns around, hits a big boot. And the way Gonzalez like sold all the damage she had been taking up until that big boot, like she staggered onto one leg and then down to a knee and got up and said, okay, now you're mine, bitch. And just picked her up in that big power bomb. Uh, so good. This is great. It's a really, really strong way for for uh for Raquel to retain her title. Um 
and the nerd guru says after a six to eight month run with the title, maybe less, Raquel should lose that title to a returning Tegan and then have a Champa Gargano feud with Kai. Um, sure. I do think that Tegan might, it might be a really cool redemption story for her to come back from her injuries, uh, and, and have a run with the title. I think she deserves it. Um, uh, it would be interesting too to see what they do if, if, with uh, with with Kai and and uh, Gonzalez uh, as a package when 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 the inevitable turn uh, happens. Um, Sarah Jones makes a good point. Zia Lee hasn't been on TV in a very long time. Zia Lee is the kind of person who you kind of forget. Hey, wasn't she the lady? Who did the big kicks? And didn't she have like a friend who's like a seven hundred year old dragon lady? And like a uh, uh, she got like a, a brother, cousin, Chinese guy with sunglasses. Looks like he's from the Matrix. Whatever happened to them? Like it's been too long. You got to bring those people back every now and then. Give me give me some more vignettes at least uh, to let me remember what you're gonna do. But that's the kind of act that is a problem. Okay, um, it's a it's a problem. When you have an act like that, like a Zia Lee and the 700-year-old dragon lady, if you don't have people in place for them to run through, then you got to get them into an actual storyline where it's possible they could lose, and that's bad. Um, I think Zia Lee had a vignette two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, uh, they were. She mentioned last week by 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 Caden Carter, and uh, in late in Casey Carnzaro, but not on the show. Uh, next week probably should be the time they come back and actually do something live in person. Um, I understand not everybody gets on every show, but okay. So we see. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Swerve Scott, AJ Francis, Ashanti Adonis, Brianna Brandy showing up at the parking lot. They knock the cameraman down, and I really uh, like uh, AJ Francis. Come on, get up. You're fine. You're okay. Let's walk it off, kid. Um, and then they get in the ring, and now they are hit row. They have a new um, uh, they have a, n- a new stable headed up by Swerve Scott, and they have successfully turned Swerve Scott. From cruiserweight also ran to a mid-card dude who's uh, locked in a feud with a guy he could easily beat, we thought at the time. To hell of an amazing feud ender with that guy we thought he could easily beat. To now genuine, bona fide future NXT champion. His floor is future NXT North American champion. His ceiling is future NXT champion. That's what they've done with Swerve Scott in two weeks. He's great. And he's got these people with him, Ashanti Adonis, uh, AJ Francis, who's now calling himself Top Dalla, which I know he's been calling himself, he calls himself, He's been that's been his name for a while. And then uh, Brianna Brandy is uh, B-Fab, which I do like a lot. And they each get a cu- cut promos. It's all uh, in, in, uh, in verse. 
Um, I, uh, you know, they, they get to they get to uh, drop a few bars, as the kids say. Um, this is really good. It's really good. It feels like it's something that you could really run with for a while. Um, and I love the idea of B-Fab um, getting, some, getting some work in, in, in between the ropes. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I know she's been around since like 2019 um, at, at the PC. I don't know what, what, her, what, her, what her work rate is like. I don't know what she's, what she's capable of doing in the ring. Never seen her actually wrestle, I believe. But um, if she can go at all, that's a really, really good thing to have for the stable as a as a, a charismatic um, a woman wrestler in the stable would be great. Ashante, we we know can can wrestle very well. Uh, not sure what Top Dollar can do. Uh, I did check out an episode of uh, of his uh, his little treasure hunter show over on the A&E with the, looking at for the WWE stuff. Um, he seems like an affable dude, uh, a nice guy. Uh, so it's be interesting to see how he plays this, you know, this heavy, this heel. It'll be good. But Swerve is a friggin' star. And this stable is going to be something really special, I think. If they can get um, Swerve into the right feud with the right guy, it could be really special. If Bronson were to win the North American Championship from from Gargano, I'm not saying he is, or even that he should. If he were to win that title, I think that Swerve with this entourage would be a great first feud for Bronson Reed. Um. So uh, we see um, an, a real estate auction. Uh, the auctioneer says it's a eight bedroom, six, six bathroom house. Start starting bid is, uh, 2 million. It's got a jacuzzi. So that's what brings it up to 2 million. And, uh, and Cameron Grimes shows up and he's like, ah, oh, I'll put it down to 2 million. Uh, I'll just keep the paddles down. I'm going to take, uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, to the moon. And, uh, why are you talking so fast? He says to the auctioneer, which is just hilarious. Um, and obviously the mystery man who's holding his paddle up in front of his face in the back of the, of the auction, obviously that guy is a million dollar man to be Ted DiBiase. And, uh, he bids up, he's, he's going back and forth with, uh, do I three three million three million five uh, four million four million five and they're holding up is I and he'll bid he'll bid and then like what whoever's doing that stop bidding I love Cameron Grimes and eventually he bids eight million dollars uh <laughs> and the uh, and then the guy in the back says twenty million and Cameron guy says who spends twenty million dollars on a house. Uh, and uh, the house ain't worth turning me. I'm bound to I quit. Uh, it's great, and of course, it's Ted DiBiase, so uh, he gets really, really mad at Ted DiBiase for buying this house out from under him. Has it been a dis- has it been established how much money, um, uh, Cameron Grimes made off of uh, GameStop stonks? 
Has it been established? Did we ever get like a ballpark figure? Because just I mean, is that his first? Um, is that is that is that his first? Uh, his first home he's buying? Because if he always already got another house and he's buying this one on top of it, maybe he thinks he's gonna flip it for more money. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's it's fun, uh, but he's he really hates Ted DiBiase, and he and he should. Um, but a question here from Touch of Madness. Does Ted get a champ to fight for him? Or, and I actually like this idea, does he just take Grimes as his champ? And I really love the idea of the Million Dollar Man not doing this to troll Cameron Grimes. Or maybe he's doing it now too, but what he's really trying to do is teach him a lesson, how to be the Million Dollar Man. And he's able to like the you know the sensei who's really rough on his student, like maybe that's what he's doing. He's right now he's showing Cameron Grimes tough love, but eventually he will train Cameron Grimes how to be the million dollar man. Not just kidding. They're probably going to have a thing where like he actually uh, gets in the ring with uh, Cameron Grimes and punches him once, but his his fist is like. Uh, he's got he's got a boxing gloves and they're they're loaded with gold coins. I don't know. It's probably gonna be something stupid. I would love for it to be something really great, but it'll be hilarious no matter what happens because it's Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. There's a video package for uh, Zoe Stark and Tony Storm. Zoe Stark calls herself the Wrestling Machine, which is like, isn't that isn't that a guy we know? Guy with a broken freaking neck. Um. I yeah I'm I'm a big a big uh, big fan of um of this uh, I, I I like it a lot I'm I like it uh, I like it a lot um, I am very interested um, so uh, it looks like they might be teasing this uh, breakup between Dakota and uh, and Raquel because there's a mutual respect backstage thing. Between Raquel and real uh, and uh, Mercedes Martinez, but Dakota does not like that uh, that they are that Ra- Raquel and Mercedes are friends now, and she walks off in a different direction. So, yeah, uh, we'll see about that. Uh, thank you to uh, Kwinox One on Twitter. For uh for sending me that and uh putting my putting my attention to it, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what 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 the end game can really be, other than yes, Ted gets somebody to fight on his behalf, or does some stupid stunt where he gets over on Cameron Grimes, or my personal favorite, he takes in Cameron Grimes as his student. Earlier in the night, um, yes, uh, Zoe Stark versus uh, Tony Storm next week, two weeks, soon. I really love that they are promoting stuff ahead of time. It shows they have a plan, you know? Like, for example, for, plans can change. For example, tonight we're supposed to get Alexander Wolf versus Killian Dane. We didn't. Um, because uh, Alexander Wolf had a stomach virus. 
uh, and um, they're doing it in a way. It feels like it's very storyline. Like it's not like Alexander Wolf wasn't cleared for some reason. Um, but um, the rest of Imperium very highly dubious the reactions to Alexander Wolf being not cleared. Drake Maverick put something on, on Twitter about how that he thinks Killian Dane told Alexander Wolf to lie about being sick so they wouldn't have to fight because they really are friends and really they still want to cheat they still want to a turn on all Drake. Um so yeah I I'm 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 fine with it if there's a storyline. But I do appreciate that they are trying to book things a couple weeks out in advance because that shows forethought which is something that is lacking on Monday Night Raw. Carlos Easy says, I'm cool with them splitting as long as the slow burn and ends with Dakota winning the title after a late, lengthy Raquel reign. You know, I think Dakota probably should get a title reign. I don't know how long it would be, but I think she should get a title reign. She's she's deserved it. Um, it was really too bad they had her part of the tag team champions and then like that lasted like 45 minutes. There's an earlier vignette from earlier in the night earlier this afternoon when Kyle Riley's walking into work is being interviewed and then only Lorcan walks up and says like, Hey Kyle, uh, I don't know what you think about how you're going to beat uh, Finn Balor or Karrion Cross or Pete Dunn. Cause, cause you can't, um, you can't be feeling Finn Balor. You can't be carrying cross. You, uh, uh, you definitely can't be Pete Dunn. And you know what? And glorious Kyle O'Reilly says under his breath, chicken butt. You know what? Chicken butt. You can't beat me either, says Oni Lorkin. Like he didn't even hear chicken butt. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is, I am convinced of this. He's doing this all. Ironically, um, it's so good. This is the guy who, remember how much we loved that he like came down to the ring and he played air guitar on his title belt. And we thought that was so cool. He's playing air guitar on his title belt. It wasn't cool. It was dorky as hell. And we loved it. This is also dorky as hell. I'm, I'm, I'm very in. I'm very, very into it. So, um, also very into Kyle O'Reilly versus Oni Lorcan. These are two guys who just loves, just love throwing bows, hitting people with crazy knees, doing stuff. Uh, this is a perfect matchup for Kyle O'Reilly uh, in his in his climb back up the top of the card. But here's the deal: he beats Oni Lorcan by by doing his uh, top rope knee drop. And then old Peter Dune runs in uh, and he and Lorcan take turns beating up Mr. Robert Fish. Uh, And there was a super chat about Bobby Fish uh, uh, that I missed. I'm very sorry. Uh, They took turns for bringing up Kyle Riley. And who comes in to save Kyle Riley but Mr. Robert Fish, who we haven't seen since War Games. Since War Games! And uh, um, he helps Kyle Riley fend off Oni and Peter Dune. And there's this great moment where Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish, tag team partners forever, not only in NXT, but elsewhere as well as Red Dragon. They look at each other and, and he says, uh, good to have you back, Bobby. And Bobby says, good to be back. And Kyle Riley says, yeah, but I don't know if, you've heard, if you heard, I'm kind of doing my own thing now. And Bobby's like, that's cool. I know you're doing your own thing. 
I got unfinished business with those two, though, because it was in that match, the War Games match, versus Peter Dune and uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch and Pat McAfee, um, where Bobby Fish um, hurt himself. So he blames them. So he came in to save Kyle O'Reilly, his old buddy, but also to get revenge on Oni and Peter. Uh, so he says, I got unfinished business with those two guys. I'll see you when I see you. And I'm like, this is great. Friendship. That's the that's what we're here for in in uh in, in NXT on this show. We are pro-friendship. I I love that these guys um are able to just just coexist. To not be tag partners, to not be in a faction together, just be another guy. This is like this is a guy who I know has my back if I need him. See how great that is? If I need him, if I don't need him, then we'll we'll, we'll do our separate thing. If I do need him, I know he'll be there for me. That's what a friend is, Vince McMahon. That's what a friend is. So I'm very glad they didn't like turn on each other right away. Like Bobby Fish would have shown up and 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 beat beat up Kyle O'Reilly in a big swerve or something. Or they would have been gone right back to being tag partners. This is good. This is very good. Stellar Justin Lopez uh, appears to agree. On the main roster, we wouldn't have even have gotten this. Fish would have just returned with no explanation. Probably on main event, putting someone over. I mean. Is he lying? Bobby Fish on, on the main roster would, would definitely be losing matches on main event every week. Um yeah, it's I I'm a bit I'm a very big fan of this. Um and I I I love that they 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 got a had a great spot for him to make his return. They they've just established he's got his own storyline now he's going after. Like that's good. Kyle O'Reilly gets to continue his upward trajectory, and now he's got a partner if he needs one. It's great. This is how this is how storytelling should work, fellas and ladies. This is how it should work. Um, I I I, I appreciate it very much. So um now it's it's uh it's our main event time, people. Get in your super chats about this match if you would like. Um. Yeah, this was really good. People, I saw people who were really w- weirded out by the fact that it wasn't uh, Raquel versus Mercedes, um, as the main event. And I think that was the, the main de- deal. Was this is two out of three faults. Um, you gotta have time for it. Um, so if you do this and it goes long for whatever reason, then you're pushing everything else back after it. And then you got to cut time from the women's match. You don't want to do that. So you get the women's match to do whatever they're going to do. And then you say to the guys, we got an overrun. So we're going to let you go long if you need to. But the two out of three falls match, let's figure out a way to do it. And it turns out the way they booked the falls didn't need that extra time. Because that was good. First fall, I think, is the longest of the three. Um, really good stuff. Immediately, uh, 
Santos's buddies, Wild and Mendoza, try to get involved. They're thwarted by an appearing out of nowhere MSK, uh, and the refs send everybody to the back. Nobody's interfering with this match anymore. Go away. So then it's just mano a mano, one-on-one, Santos Escobar versus Kushida, and it's everything you hope it would be. Um, these guys are great. I've, I'm so happy that Santos has gotten to be this finally. Because if he was very good when he, before he like turned and was a bad guy when he was back in the tournament, still wearing the lucha mask. Um, I think he was I think he was doing all right. Uh, and after he won the cruiserweight uh, championship, um, okay, fine. Didn't have a lot of stuff for him to do. Like he was winning some matches here and there, but like now it feels like ever since that build to the big fight with Karrion Cross, it feels like they're treating this guy with a lot of um, of care and respect and allowing him to really look great. Even, as happened tonight, in defeat, he still looks fucking great. Ricardo uh, Holt asks, did I mention this match humped? You mentioned it already, but it's worth mentioning again. That's how much the match humped. So the first foul is um is a uh, phantom of uh, the Phantom Driver, um, but uh, it's um yeah uh he's up he's able to um yeah he dodges a big right hand and, and uh he, he nails his knee so yeah if you do is the arm drag and then the 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 his cartwheel low drop kick and uh escobar gets up from that and uh dodges the big baseball punch hits a big knee immediate phantom driver first fall and vic joseph who it should be noted is the best in nxt is the best lead commentator WWE has in their employee currently. He's 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 surpassed Michael Cole. Adnan Verk. We won't even talk about Adnan Verk. Um he's the best guy they got in their employee. He he, pa- he passed Tom Phillips long ago. But he's the best guy they got in NXT. Um because uh he's not I don't think he's overmanaged by anybody in the back. Like on the main roster when he was doing stuff, uh, it didn't it just, this wasn't him. He's able to like call things on the fly and like react to things as they're happening. He's got a great interplay with both Barrett and Beth Phoenix. I think he's great. But he calls this thing like, we got to go to commercial. Like, oh, no, wait, don't go, don't go, because he can see it happening. And he says, don't go to commercial, don't go to commercial, because he's watching as Kushida does this immediate um, – uh, transition um into uh into a into a uh, rolls to the floor um sorry he rolls he rolls up escobar and turns him into the to the cross arm breaker on escobar has to has to tap out um it's it's great like first fall second fall now what and it was such a really cool moment when Vic, when Vic Joseph uh, was like, we're going to go to commercial. Oh, no, wait, don't go yet. That was a really cool thing. I have no idea how that actually was called, like, in the truck. But it was a wonderful moment. Um, 
and so yeah, uh, they go to they go to commercial uh, for the, the picture in picture right after the second fall. Uh, and it was really great. It was a, such a cool moment. Um, Nurguru says Vic Joseph talks circles around everybody. He really does. Um, he really does. It's it's very very. Uh, he's he's very good and so young. Like it, it, I would say, he should have a main roster job so more people could watch him. But on the main roster, he's just he's just he's vincified so much, and it doesn't it doesn't work. Um, third fall's great. Third fall's great. It gets kind of brutal. Uh, both guys have a lot of really great offense. But the big thing that happens at the end, um, there's a great moment where he gets in the hoverboard lock. He was going to go to the Super Phantom Driver from the top, um, and Kushida is able to uh, to fight back and do his his giant arm drag um, into his hoverboard lock. And after a long time in that hold. Escobar is finally able to get to the ropes. But um, Escobar is, uh, is just goes right back to it. And then he does this crazy, like, hammerlock suplex into the, into the corner that just drops Escobar right on the top of his head. Like, it's... Whoa, that was brutal. And then he doesn't let go of him really and does then does like a, a crazy like uh, dragon like a northern light suplex really. Um but while holding his arm behind his back for the hoverboard lock and and you could you could look at, at Escobar's face. He was in so much pain and he could not muster any force to kick out he was trying but not like the whole like jimmy legs where they're like you see like a guy's their guy's legs are like doing this you're not actually trying to kick out you're just wiggling your legs he was like trying to get some force behind each leg and it wasn't working one two three and then he, he pulls down his elbow pad rolls out to the floor like looking up at, at kushida like you nearly killed me what a great match what two great competitors i uh was almost sure they were going to have like somebody come out and attack kushida to give us the next program i'm kind of glad they didn't because let's just marinate in this greatness as touch of madness says the best in many categories are in nxt amen to that um yes uh, this was a this was a really really special match. I love that they they gave him a full half hour and just said let's let's go. I also here's the thing that I was so sure they were going to do because you got a guy who's who's a heel like Escobar in the match. They 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 rely on this crutch too often. I was so glad they didn't do heel sacrifices a a, a fall by attacking the baby face with a chair. So he loses a fall by disqualification, but then gets one right back by beating on the um, the baby face. So now it's 1-1. One, one. They do that all the time. Whenever there's a two, on, two out of three falls match, that happens so much. 
I'm so glad they didn't do that. NXT is in a really, really great place. They really are. Um, you, you know my feelings about the guy at the top of the card. Um, I think he's salvageable if they just figure out what the hell they're doing with him with his presentation because it's just it's all over the map. Um, but I think that that guy in a big multi-man match uh, with guys like Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly and Peter Dune and um, and uh, Adam Cole, I I in Johnny Gargano, I feel like there's a lot of great stuff there. I think that there's something you could really easily do um, because uh, if if you're going to put Gargano in a match versus um, Cross, um, I I don't think Gargano should be the champion anymore, personally, because... um, because then you're you're wasting that North American championship. So I don't know. I think my call would be to have Bronson Reed go over on Johnny next week. Um, and then you could start a thing immediately with him versus Swerve and build that to take over in your house. And Johnny can uh, can get pissed and, and demand Regal give him a rematch. And like, okay, no, you don't get a rematch. All right, then. I want in this big thing you're doing with uh with cross and everybody else i mean i think that's uh that's certainly a way to get him in there uh allow johnny gargano to ha- to continue this little mini feud with cross he's got going on uh get him to be a part of this big ladder match where he's going to do a lot of crazy spots and allow for the north american championship to be important on that takeover card that's my two cents um, and I don't know who they're building to have this match versus Dakota. Not versus Dakota. I don't think it's going to be Dakota versus Raquel this soon. So now you got somebody, you got to build somebody for Raquel. Is it going to be EO getting a rematch? Maybe. Do I, would I hesitate on rematches that takeovers right now? Yes, because there's so many other people. There's so many other people. Um, uh, women's tag matches, women's tag teams, titles. Uh, this is this is where I really want the, the Riot Squad to come down to NXT to have a little run. The, the Riot Squad versus Candice and Indy could be so much fun. And you don't have to put over the Riot Squad and make them champions, although you could. You don't have to, but it would it would really solidify Candice and Indy as a tag team if they were if they had a really great oh, barn burner of a of a tag team title match at a takeover versus the Riot Squad could be so so great i'm so excited guys every tuesday is great on the nxt post show here at fightful select fightful fightful select is where you should totally go and sign up so you can get me yelling about how bad raw is on uh, uh six days away from wrestleback mania lash um thank you everybody uh for uh for getting super chats and uh for hanging out with us it's been a lot of fun um next week Bronson Reed versus uh, Johnny Gargano in the confines of a steel cage. Uh this yeah, this is going to be so good. NXT, as Luis Polito says, it's in the best position it's been in since Takeover 25. Thank you. 
We'll talk to you next week. Or if you want to stick around and watch me on uh, Fightful Select, Yellow About Raw, that's going to start here soon, within the next 20 minutes. So have fun with that. And I'll see you later. Thank you, Fightful Faithful. Good night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.